Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, guys. I'm Justin. And I'm Jay. And this is Crypt of the Corn. Uh, we will nail down the intro and outro and all that soon. Uh, this is going to be a, a little bonus episode for you guys this week. Uh, this won't be a full episode. Uh, we just wanted to do something since it's Christmas week. We're going to treat you guys. <laughs> so we have been working on a field guide to uh, Sasquatching. So it's like our little pamphlet to help our crew and stuff out with like do's and don'ts, evidence collection and all that stuff. Um, yeah, that's that's pretty much what it is. Um, any comments, Jay? Well, um, this will be... not a real person. <laughs> I'm not a real person? No, I'm not. Um, this will be like a little... Uh... Well, like you said, field guide. It'll kind of give you guys a little insight of what we're what we're going to be doing when we are out in the field looking for evidence. And Sasquatch. Sasquatch, yeah. Or also known as Bigfoot or uh, the um, Cherokee Devil. The Cherokee Devil. <laughs> Under all those names. If you can tell, we're having a little more fun with this episode than normal. <laughs> We've already recorded one episode. I think we can record for about an hour and ten minutes without laughing. Maybe. And then it's just like all hell breaks loose. <laughs> all right, so yeah, this will be a little bonus thing. All right, so if anybody doesn't know, we we co-run a group called the Hardin County Bigfoot Society with a couple other people. Mm-hmm. Um, Glenn, Teresa, and JD are kind of the other main members. Yep. And we just kind of all work together to get that stuff functioning. Uh, Porter's, uh, Porter's out there too. I'll mention him. I don't know if he listens to this podcast, but I don't want to... Yeah, I don't know if Porter does listen to podcasts. I don't know. Porter's is encrypted. That's true. <laughs> he deserves his own episode. All right, so we start out. So basically, I have this big folder in front of me. It's a laminated like document. Uh, I'm just really going to pretty much go through the document. So do not steal my work. I'm publishing this. Yeah, this is all verbal. Uh, what's that called? Uh. A verbal contract. Whatever I say is mine and mine alone. Yes. If you steal this, you're breaking the law. It's our intellectual property. Intellectual property. That's the one. That's the one. Yeah. Uh, confidentiality agreement. Uh, the main goal is to have a safe time in collecting evidence uh, uh, of Bigfoot, both during the day and the night. What we're looking for is rock piles, hard structures, and other odd stacks. Tree structures. This includes bends, breaks, and teepees. Nest. Uh, we want to ID all types of nests we find, including deer, pig, bear, and possibly Sasquatch. Hair and hair collection. Tracks, partials, and foals. Ohio calls. Uh, howls, whistles, chirps, and mimics. And rock throwings. Uh, the next little section is a do and don't list. Do always know where you are and the team is located at all times. Always follow the predetermined plan. So that's a big part. We always have a predetermined exit entry strategy, mm-hmm. uh, meetups and emergencies, stuff like that. Always know the way out to the meetup spots. When in doubt, you call back to base camp. So we always have somebody stationed like near the cars or something like that. So that's who you radio to to kind of get directions and stuff. Because we're in the woods too. So we don't like we don't know where you're at. Yeah. Like you need 
Anyways, uh, the don'ts. Uh, don't ever leave your prearranged calling spots at night. Do not leave early or stay late or change positions in the woods without telling base camp. Uh, do not use the restroom in the field. I have heard really bad stories about people uh, going to the potty in a Sasquatch-heavy area. So don't do that. And what happens? Well, a lot of the stories, nobody ever gets, well, they tell them, so they're not dead. True. Um, no, it's really, uh, you get a little more aggressive encounters, I feel, especially, uh, is that's what I feel is what they're trying to describe, you know, a lot of, bluff, like, bluff charges and stuff. It goes from an encounter to a scary encounter. I still don't think they're in any, most of the time I don't think they're in any grave danger, but. Uh, a lot of people say they never go back in the woods again, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I just don't want that. Yeah. So rock stacks and hard structures. So rock piles are very common and popular in the woods. Uh, so the biggest thing with this guide is trying to help people understand that not everything is Bigfoot. I mean, we all watch the shows. We all watch the YouTube stuff. Everything that everybody ever finds is Bigfoot, and that's just not the case. We'd have We'd have one by now uh so that's kind of how we help ideas so when we talk about rock piles they're very common in the woods children and even adults stack rocks very regularly um the only rock piles are really looking at is if they are in a extremely hard area to get to or they involve extremely heavy rocks right yep uh so 300 plus pound rocks and i have some pictures in this guide to kind of help that um and then if they're, we, we'll, we'll mark them, they're kind of in a special place too, like maybe on the edge of a ridge and stuff like that. Um, hard structures, they follow the same general rules as rock piles, but these uh, often involve wood, trash, and even bones. It's important to remember that uh, these are important to these creatures, and they should only be photographed and not messed with or tore apart. Mm. So that's, uh, that's kind of the big thing is like, we're taking this very a very serious wildlife documentary approach. Uh, this is not something to, you know, we're not there to hurt them. We're not there to disturb them. We're there to document. And if we're very blessed to see or hear one, which would be freaking awesome. That's the goal. Anyways, mm-hmm. uh, most stacks that are related to Bigfoot are in some kind of environmental or terrain change. Uh, they're normally people believe they're marking some kind of territorial boundary, whether positive, negative or whatever. It may just be telling other Bigfoots, hey, there's a trail down there that people walk all the time. Right. Stay clear. Mm-hmm. And then I just got pictures. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Pictures, examples of so, all these structures and mm-hmm. piles, whatnot. Piles. So we're going to talk about tree structures. So the three kind of main types I have it broke down to are ba- breaks, bends, and teepees. So... Bend tree bends happen all the time in nature. My old woods, it just, uh, I can't remember what type of tree that is, but there's one that just, uh, we call them rainbow trees because they always bend over like a rainbow. Mm. 90% of the time, that has nothing to do with Bigfoot. 99.99% of the time, there's nothing to do with Bigfoot. It just happens. It's what they do. Our trees get pinned by other trees falling. Um, what you're looking for are more complex bends, like trees interwoven, trees yeah. that are bent over and like, there's a rock placed on, you know, you're looking for stuff that's a little more complex than Deliberate. your basic bending tree or a tree fell on another tree. Breaks occur, so you'll hear a pattern here. I'm a negative Nancy. 
Uh, breaks occur very often in nature. Uh, every windstorm. Every time it rains. Every snowfall. A tree will break in the woods. Yep. Uh, just sometimes for no reason. I've been in the woods and had a tree fall like 20 yards from me. And we're like, oh, okay. Um, what the kind of breaks we're looking for are the twist breaks. So if you guys ever broke pasta, this is hard to explain without visuals, but you grab it and you twist it. That's the kind of breaks we're looking for. It causes a striation in the tree fibers, and you can tell it's more like the tree, like the tree was twisted apart. Uh, it takes incredible hand dexterity and strength to do. Um, just go outside and try to do it. That's rid- yeah, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Ridiculously. So nice. those are the kind of things we're looking for. Strength, but hand grip to be able to do that. And there, are, so moving on to teepees. Teepees do occur in natural or in nature too. Uh, you can have a cluster of trees that all kind of fall into one spot, especially if there's a bigger tree that's kind of leading all the smaller trees to fall into the same spot. Mm. Uh, so what you look for is roots. Uh, you're going to look for the roots attached to the base of the tree. Uh, if it looks like that's a spot it was growing where it broke off, then obviously it didn't move very far. Yeah. Now, if you don't have roots, that's kind of your sign that maybe it was brought there. Uh, and the complexity and the size of these structures is something you need to look at too. Because uh, people do build stick teepees. I did as a kid all the time in the woods. I mean, we spent tons of time in the woods. I built probably 100 of them. Yeah. Uh, they weren't Sasquatch. They were me. But uh, if there's 200, 300, 400 pound logs involved in this teepee, that's something that, you know, you need to look forward to. And not saying Sasquatch doesn't build little ones, but when we talk about collecting this evidence, we need to be very clear that it's not people. Right, yep. Even though the 90, a lot of stuff they can do is stuff people can do too Mm -hmm. but uh that's always gonna be the doubt is but finding something that people really can't do or won't do Mm -hmm. that's the the golden ticket yeah that's that's what we're out to collect i mean that's really what you should be as a researcher or an investigator or anything like that you should just be out to collect data i wouldn't so as of now we've only investigated two local encounters uh we are researching, but I don't think we'd be researchers yet. If anything, I'm going to call us and our club data collectors. Yeah, that's, that's good. And that's what, I mean, that's all we are. It's data collectors. We're out there for our own personal experiences to hopefully gain that and to collect data mm-hmm. and put that forward to the community. Uh, I, was data, I did data collection for environmental surveys for four years. So that's just kind of, that's what I fall back to. Natural skill for yeah. you. This is what I fall back to. Um, we're going to talk about nest. Uh, deer and other animals are very common to build nests. Deer uh, will have whole areas of flattened down like grass and stuff like that. You've seen it, I'm mm-hmm. sure. Yep. And I've seen that on YouTube more than TV, but I've seen like people at YouTube pointed that and be like, "That's Bigfoot nest." Right. And I can see what like sometimes like I can see that like it's a really big indentation and it's a little it's bigger than deer nest, and I get that, but. There's no evidence to support that besides there could have been two deer laying together. Or, right. I don't know. To me, it's just... And there's bear, bears do that. Hogs. Hogs do that. Um, when we talk about Bigfoot nests... So, Ohio... What's the Ohio name for Bigfoot, Jay? Um, Grassman. Mm-hmm. Do you know how we earned that name? I think... Didn't he build grass gr- structures? Yep. Okay. So... Grass huts. Yeah. And it's hard to explain. These aren't 
domes. They call them grass domes. Uh, if you watch the Amazing series, I love it. It's not good for accuracy, but I love the show. It's Lost Tapes, I think, had it. Was it Lost Tapes had the grass, man? I don't know. One of these older shows, I love the show, but it just was had just a big grass dome just sitting out in a field, mm-hmm. and that's not what these do. It's almost in grass fields. It's like an interwoven... Uh, it's it's hard to explain. You can't see it from the outside very well. Yeah. But when you're inside, it's like a little house. Huh. And a lot of people think that maybe this is a Sasquatch Young area. Yeah. Where they kind of set them for whenever they're out. So, like, here's a spot you can sit and nobody's going to find you. So, people have found these little... Have they gone in them and yeah. stuff? Yeah. And they look like... like uh, they, the, the grass is interwoven and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. They're really hard to see from the outside. Mm-hmm. So, a lot of people walk right past them. Right, yeah. Uh, there was one down in Logan, Ohio, that was like that. It was just like, it was like little tunnels, but not like, it was hard to explain, not like boar tunnels going through grass and stuff. It was really like a, a human made it. And it could have been a human too, a homeless guy or something. Yeah. But it, Grassman has a history of doing these kind of structures. Uh, but that's kind of, they're very rare, uh, but you were looking for a high level of craftsmanship, if mm-hmm. that makes any sense. No, it does. It does. Um, caves, caves are used by every animal ever, including us. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just, it's free real, uh, the meme, it's free real estate. <laughs> Cause it is, it's just, uh, in the bigger you are, the less you got to worry about in a cave. That's true. You know, if you're a mouse, you got to worry about running a possum. You're a possum, you got to worry about running a raccoon, raccoon to bear, you know, bobcat. You're, you're a Bigfoot. Not much. Not too much. Most of the time that you walk in the cave, everybody else is leaving. Like, nobody's hanging out too often. Uh, Hawking is full of these. Oh, I talk about Ohio. So, Hawking, Ohio, is full of these little cutbacks and caves. And we dropped on a ledge. Uh, it's, it's very hard to get to. And all kinds of things you can't see unless you're on the sledge. Right, yeah. You could be above and below them. You never know. No, it was there, yeah. Yeah, we found a pretty big... Did, did that open up into a cave? Or yeah, just... we weren't going in there because that's how you die. I didn't know it. That's pretty awesome. Maybe that's a future uh, exploration. For you, uh, Justin doesn't do caves, because I think that's the worst way to die. Is in a cave? Yeah, because you have all that time to think about how horribly you're screwed. What is, for what do you mean? Screwed? What do you mean screwed? If you have a cave-in, and you're stuck in a pocket. Oh, oh, You I have see. weeks to think about how horrible your death's going to be. Ah, eh, well. It is. I don't want that. Like, underwater, like, if you're in a sub, something goes bad... Guess what? Instant. You don't know about it. You're like, huh? This isn't. I'm in a really white room. Yeah. I thought I was in a sub second ago. You know, I mean, a plane crashes. It's gonna be scary for about ten seconds. I don't know. And then it's not. Buried alive could be pretty bad. Yeah, it, but I think it's just the time frame. You're just waiting. Yeah, because you're sitting there because you're waiting to uh, to die of dehydration. Yeah, basically, but caves, you know. The problem is caves are wet. Yeah. And you're going to sit there and drink water and prolong your suffering. Mm, maybe you'll obtain some How many times have you heard medicine. of... How many times have you heard of people being saved from caves successfully? Well... That's that, Tillian Myers. Yeah, yeah, that one. And they saved about half of them. Didn't Leonardo da Vinci go into, like, a cave and come back out, like, super smart? Wasn't that, like, a thing? I don't know. So maybe Leonardo da Vinci lived a lot wilder life than I did. <laughs> I think that there's was also him. a lot of stories of people going to caves and getting eaten by bears, so... 
I think that you, too. I think you're running. It's like a raffle. Yeah. <laughs> you're walking to ta- cave. cave. Is this is the cave of knowledge or is this the cave of grizzly? Dad. Yeah. All right. So the next little section. Oh, Jay, any comments? Because I know I'm kind of running through this. Oh no. I um. I think we're just highlighting uh, what we're going to do is mm-hmm. field guide researchers. And if you guys ever one day, any of you listening, ever want to come with us or join along with a search, this is what you're going to expect. Mm-hmm. And you'll get to, you get to see the pictures along with it, too. If you do want to come along with us, Facebook's the easiest way to kind of hammer out dates and stuff like that. Uh, I'll be putting the January meeting on here in about a half hour. I'm not sure if I can make it yet or not, so Jay may have to leave that one. Oh, uh, I'm starting a new job soon, so it just, oh, that's right, yeah. it's just hammering out my schedule. We'll figure it out. Yeah. But I'll have all the stuff made for Jay to do. I can do that. Um, so we're going to talk about hair. Suppose Sasquatch hair is often long with slight curls and it's very coarse. Uh, it's often reported to be kind of oily. Colors, I mean, pretty much every color. Uh, brown, red, black, gray, and even white. Ohio has a couple white Bigfoot sightings, I think. It was West Virginia had the white thing, which is it something like that. The white Bigfoot? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah. Uh, when hair is collected, so we actually have DNA collection kits that me and my dad have made through uh, efforts. <laughs> efforts. Um, Hard work, hard. Yeah. Anyways, you know, elbow they're grease full. And... They're full DNA collection kits for anything from wet DNA to environmental DNA to maybe. I mean, if you get really lucky, blood. But it's mostly geared towards hair because that's going to be your most likely source. Uh, Sasquatch are supposed. Most people believe they are so. Excuse me. Somewhere in the primate tree. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't. There's not too much argument with that part. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people think they're and you know extra dimensional beings, which is fine. I don't, but I still think they're human, on the human tree. Side I think they could be. I kind of flip flop between that or an orangutan offshoot. Maybe in a future episode, I'll convince you that they're human. And it won't take much. I'm, because there's a whole thing about them stealing women for breeding. Right. Yeah. And they have to be human. Right? right. You know, they have to be on the human tree somewhere for that to happen. They wouldn't have to be super close when we talk about whether well, they're in the same. Uh, that'd be the same genus. They'd be in our same genus. Would they be, or would they be family? Family, genus, I'm not sure with breeding, but they're not the same species. Kingdom. We're all in the same phylum and kingdom. I I don't remember the whole list of how it breaks Anyways, I'll get a, I'll get a poster for the wall for you. It's all science theory anyways. It's, that's not, uh, we just argued about theory. We won't go into this very much. That's not theory. That's just a way we kind of break it down for our own. So, understanding yeah so it means nothing it's like oh it's like uh that's just a way we rationalize it means nothing it's just like labeling human beings like people in a mm-hmm. certain category it's just it's just a way to help us kind of understand you know just just stuff breaks about, it down yeah just a way to categorize life um and it changes all the time right all the time theory that uh well p- things get moved oh gotcha all the time see yeah see no one knows anything um, it's just a really good way of kind of, when you're looking at an animal, kind of where to go off of for cousins and stuff like that. But anyways, when we're collecting, we never collect any DNA sequences with our bare hands. And we always sanitize our hands. Because a, a contaminated human sample will ruin it. And especially if you're collecting something that may be very, very close to 
humans. When I say human, I mean us, not like a subset of human or a subspecies of human or a different species of human. Uh, we can see that in DNA. Uh, but if you get too much of your DNA on it, the machine will automatically kick it out as human contaminant. So you ruin your sample. So you got to be really careful. If you're 100% careful with it, and then you get a human kickback, then you know that, you know, it's probably human or close to. Mm-hmm. So that's that's to kind of get rid of that kind of fault. You know, if you touch it with your bare hands, don't even pay the money. Right, yeah. You it's, don't ruin the sample. Yeah. Um, in our areas we work in, it's important to know all the, uh, so we're doing Bigfoot tracks now, but it's important to know all the common animal tracks. So what you're going to see to help not get fooled. Uh, the biggest one that gets people are bear double steps. And at Crypticon, a guy was selling bear double step cast. I should have bought one, but I was out of room. Um, you got a whole shelf of casts over here right now. I'm going to have to get a big like jewelry display case. But, um, so that's what happens when a bear's back paw lands in the footprint of its front paw and creates a human-like foot with five toes but often claws. Mm-hmm. And when you look at them, you can see they're more pear-shaped than like a Bigfoot or a human shape. Um, but yeah, and then partial Bigfoot tracks are a lot more common than full Bigfoot tracks. Uh, these nice, pretty tracks are extremely, extremely rare, even for Bigfoot standards. So you're talking about something that's extremely, extremely rare, leaving extremely, extremely rare evidence. Yeah. Uh, so you got to look for toes, uh, pieces of the foot in the heel or the spongy pad. So you got to look for pieces. You're not going to find this pristine, you know, goldy track unless you're right behind a Sasquatch. Right. And, and steps in the right patch of yeah. dirt. But uh, you might find these uh, these partials. That's what we got to really look for. Uh, yeah, and we kind of tell everybody, we have, we have a big bag of plaster pairs. If you think it's something, cast it. Plaster Paris is cheap, and I'd rather have the evidence for later. And we always take... you got to take tons and tons of pictures before you even set up a casting stop. Because mm-hmm. once you cast, that's done. And if you ruin the cast, it's destroyed. But at least you have the photo evidence if, you know... From before, yeah. yeah. So it's, that's important. And then... I mean, this is hard to do, but... Uh, common Bigfoot calls, especially in our region... Uh, we do have the Ohio Hounds. They're the famous ones that have been recorded. Uh, and some believe that's possibly Bigfoot uh, locating other Bigfoots for some reason. Some people relate it to mating and whatnot. Uh, we don't know. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. Which, if we were to update this, we're probably not going to do any howls or whistles no, at all. This is more in case you hear them. Uh, maybe a wood knock. But they know it's you. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not dumb. They're dumb, they'd be in a cage. Right, yeah. Uh, they know it's you making the sounds and stuff like that. And that the vocal range on these guys is another reason why I don't... Is one why I kind of hop back that it's not a human. is because the, the vocal cord range is extreme if we believe some of these higher-end evidence pieces. Uh, both, we've recorded Bigfoot calls above and below human ranges by a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, including stuff down in the infrasound range. Not documented to be fully infrasound, but down in that range. Uh, we have whistles, which are kind of, we think, are locators or warnings to other Bigfoots. Hmm. A lot of times when a person gets spotted, they get one. Yeah. 
and there's no evidence, there's no more anything for the rest of the night. Hmm. So that's kind of the Bigfoot sound, the other Bigfoots that like, oop, right, yeah. right here. Wish I yeah, I just wish you knew what that stuff meant. Yeah, it's all speculative. How cool would it be to figure that out one day? Oh, uh, whenever we get him in a cage and talk to him. Mm-hmm. I think we're gonna befriend a couple of them. No, nah. they're gonna let us in on their secrets. Maybe we'll have them on the podcast one day. Some guy is gonna come out wearing one as a coat one time after he killed about eight of them. Yeah, then that guy's ruined it for everyone. Mm-hmm. Because the only way you're getting a body out into the woods, I believe, feel is if you kill a lot of them. Yeah. Because they don't, I feel like they don't let their, I don't know why they don't let their bodies go, but they take care of their, their dead. Mm-hmm. Whether that's ceremonial like we do, or There's, if it's, because they know. It's a human thing. And it could be, or they know that that evidence will be bad for them. Right, it brings yeah. more people. Mm-hmm. Uh, chirps, they often sound like birds or songbirds. Uh, most times songbirds do not chirp at night, and you need to know what birds are in your area at that time of year. Uh, we got a guy in uh, Hawking, Ohio that had a songbird. He made the passing comment to our buddy that he had this one songbird that was chirping at night. That's like, yeah, they're not supposed to be here for like another five months. Yeah. And they don't chirp at night. But he's like, he wouldn't shut up. I wonder what that is. Yeah. So that's kind of stuff that Bigfoot do, uh, we feel. And then wood knocks. And, uh, we think wood knocks, depending on who you talk to, everybody has their own opinion on it. Like you should. Um, most time I think the kind of the consensus is wood knocks are another form of Bigfoot location, maybe for hunting or maybe for just active moving through the area mm-hmm. uh, with people. A lot of times I think it's with people in the area, uh, to kind of say like, it's something that people could do that's not super loud, but you know, and it's always almost always in threes, but other Sasquatch are like, okay, you know, Sasquatch Paul's up down that ridge and Sasquatch Tim's over there, so... They are kind of they kind of spread out, move through an area like that. That's kind of some of the theory, because it's more dangerous for them all to walk in one big group. Like, oh, definitely. That's a lot of movement. The scariest one of them all is mimics. Like they're mimicking you. Mm-hmm. And there's a bunch of reports. The Brown property out, and I always get it wrong. I think it's Oregon or Washington, out there. They had the one where uh, the Bigfoot was mimicking. The husband oh, calling yeah. the dogs. Yeah, yeah. And they was calling them into the woods. It was like, and it wasn't, it wasn't right. They're not very good at it. And even when they do owls, people always say that like, it's that's a really bad owl call. Yeah. But it's a bigfoot trying to do an owl. But so they they're not perfect mimics. But uh, what was it? It was like. Like Chelsea and Layla was the dog's name or something like like Chelsea Layla, Chelsea Layla like a bird doing it. Oh yeah. And that's kind of the question. Was it doing it to lure the dogs in? Was it doing it because it just hurt it a lot? Because right, that's yeah. when, whenever the guy, the husband went out, that's what he did. He called the it. dogs in. Yep. Did he, the, the Bigfoot know that it was the dog? You know, it's, it's, it's a lot of questioning there. What saying. was the purpose of that? Because yeah. it it's just fun. Regardless, it was one making saying those uh, names or yeah. making those noises. And I've heard uh, stories of name, like actually like them saying hi. Hi, because I hear that a lot. Mm-hmm. Just stuff like, I don't know. I think that's more, I don't think, I think they're intelligent, don't get me wrong. And I think they may be even uh, people level intelligence. I don't think they fully understand the modern ang- language anymore. 
I think there was a part of time where they probably did communicate somewhat with Native Americans. Mm-hmm. I think it's been long past. And I don't mm-hmm. think I think right now it's just all mimicry. Yeah. I don't think they knew a whole lot of what they're saying. They're but just kind of they're just kind of repeating, repeating back to you yeah, to see what exactly. happens. Yeah. And these are very curious animals. A lot of the best encounters seem to have very human like uh, curious intelligence. Uh, if they there's a couple things you can do to make them think that you're you're not gonna do anything to them or hurt them or whatever. And I think once you get to that stage, you get really good, really good evidence. Um, anything else on calls? Hmm. Not gonna. No, not really. I mean, I know I'm not gonna be doing them. That's for sure. Yeah, I don't think I'll be doing it too much. I'll do a wood knock. Yeah. Uh, but like uh, Tom Shea's the one that says it a lot. But. You don't know what any of these mean. Right, exactly. You could be challenging for territory. And that's the last thing I want. Yeah, and I think woodknocks are about the safest one. Excuse me, guys, sorry. Um, I've heard people get really, really ecstatic results from using a baby crying. But it can be very negative. Right, I could see that. Yeah, so I don't know. We won't be doing a whole lot of calling, but maybe a little bit. Maybe a whistle and a wood knock. I like the wood knocks. I'm not too scared of doing a wood knock myself. Yeah. Uh, it's, just, it's been done a lot, and it's had a lot about the same results. It really, just to me, seems more like a location behavior than the rest of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, they might just be doing it for the heck of it. Right, you know, you know, we do that. Other primates do that. They, you just do stuff. They don't make any. They don't serve a function. You just do it to do it. You right, know that yeah. kind of deal. You never know. So we're gonna talk about the last thing we're gonna talk about is rock throwing. So and this is like like the whole rest of this is most of this is speculative. Uh, speculative. I want How speculative. Yeah, thank you. I can't talk. I have too many words in my head. <laughs> Voices so I just and whatnot. Smash them together. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so rock throwing, most believe small rocks, so we're talking pebbles, little tiny things, uh, are more to see a reaction out of you when they start doing this. It's more to see what you're going to do, to have fun with you, uh, just to kind of like see you. The medium sized rocks are kind of, so we're talking more like your driveway rocks. Yeah. Um, golf ball size. Yeah. Man. Golf ball size. That's a good one. Uh, most of the time you see those are being thrown at like buildings and stuff like your car and stuff. That's more of like, hey, I don't want you around, but I don't want an altercation either. Yeah, so just so if you're, scoot along. Uh, scoot along. And then there's reports of like chunks of rock uh, come flying at you. That is a get the heck out of here right now. Like softball size yeah. or bigger? Uh, that's our last report at the Bigfoot meeting. We read one from the Manistee with a guy throwing, with a big throwing rocks at a boat on the Manistee River during salmon season. At night. Uh, and that's probably what he was doing. He probably wanted to get the salmon out of the river. Yeah. Because uh, they were dying. So they're easy to catch. You can walk up and grab a live salmon. Yeah. Uh, so that's why he was like, you know, he, he, uh, the boat captain said they went back in a really secluded cove. And they were just, they were actually eating back there. They were resting because the river's kind of hard to navigate at night and stuff. And then whatever was back there was enjoying the, the peaceful cove too. Said, hey, this ain't your fishing hole. And then the guys were like, okay, we're going to leave. Yeah, when I got up and scooted too. <laughs> but yeah, it's that kind of stuff. But that is uh, pretty much 
that stuff, an overview of our Bigfoot uh, field guide. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, if anybody wants to come out with us, you know, the Hardin County Bigfoot Society on Facebook is the way to do that. You can also find the links both ways for the podcast and the, the society. On You get to either page, you can find the links for the other one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I keep them pretty inter- intertwined. Um, it's just easier to manage stuff because I post something on the podcast and I can post something on the page or I post something on the page and I can post something on the podcast. Right. Uh, I manage both pages. You just, I definitely do it all. Uh, <laughs> but Jay's going to start his own topics soon. Yeah, we're going to... He's going to basically do a pod, or, uh, the UFO hour with Jay. Oh, oh really? Uh, all right. <laughs> with something like that. At least, yeah. I, I like UFOs, but I'm not like... I'm not crazy about UFOs. I like, uh, well, anything that just opens your mind a little bit. Yeah, it's just uh, not my interest. It's just, right, yeah. I know they're there. I know they're real. I just... That's right. I like it. I like all this stuff that just... I'm a biological guy. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, anything else to add, Jay? No, I think that was a very thorough uh, overview of that. Oh, I, and... I guess I never read the little front section of the page. It says, it's important to understand that we are going into their homes, and we should do everything to respect them and nature. We are just there to experience them, not to interfere or harm them. Because we had a couple mm. people we kind of had to say no to joining the group, because they were very adamant about killing one. Yeah, and, very adamant. And I do agree, that is what it's going to take to get protection for them. Mm-hmm. But that's not me. That's yeah. not what we're doing. I don't that's not the one. goal. I will have a firearm with me. And that's more for people than anything a Sasquatch. Yeah. That's more, you know, because I'm going to be leading up to, you know, right now I'm only comfortable taking 10 or 15 people out if they're respectful. And we got to watch their safety. We're going to be with bears and stuff like that. Like right. Elk. You know, an elk can do just as much damage as a bear can. Right. Yep. Yep. I've seen videos. Looks pretty gnarly. Mm-hmm. Getting attacked by something like that. That's a big creature still. Uh, big elk, nine hundred pounds. Yeah, you don't. But you don't picture them. Uh, you know, oh, elk attack. It's not on the front page news very often. Yeah. Bear is. I don't get. I mean, we're mostly dealing with black bears. Uh, there are mountain lions, wolves. That kind of stuff. I'm not really scared of those predators very often. Mountain lions very, very rarely do anything with people. The wolves in Michigan are so shy, because they just get blown away every time they're seen. So. Yeah. They they're very skittish animals. Yeah, I think it's important we all respect you know nature and Mother Earth. So mm-hmm. we don't be killing nothing unless it's threatening our lives. All right, Jay. So we're gonna end this like every episode. It's your turn to do a. Uh... I think we're both gonna do this one because it's a bonus. Oh okay okay. And then I'll do the next one too. Are you picking this one? Well, I think we're gonna do Sasquatch. Now we got four calls to pick from. Oh man! And I'm no uh, only three. I'm not gonna let you do the whistle. I can do I can do a loud whistle. Yeah, but that's not fair. Yeah, I won't do that on these mics. It'll blow someone's eardrums out. On um, my mic, I have a nice mic. You have the basic. Well, you know it. That's perfect for me. All right. So you got a howl. I guess just a howl. I don't even know. Cause see, I don't watch the Bigfoot shows that much. I really don't. So I'm trying to imagine. I just heard you do a howl before when we were when we were down in Hawking, or no, yeah, no, we were over in Mohican. Mohican. Yeah, you did a howl. Oh God. 
I don't even know how to do what to even do. Come on. That's, that's a dog. More, that's more werewolf. But that's, it might sound like that. Somebody from Defiance is making their way over. Yeah. <laughs> Our fourth best episode, apparently. Defiance Dog Man. Mm-hmm. Might still be around. You can't beat the frog. No, you can't. I don't know why, but you can't beat that frog. It holds an endearing spot in people's hearts. All right. There we go. That was pretty good. Now, you know you got to do mimicking an owl. Huh? Yeah, how Bigfoot mimics an owl. I was here, it's like a really bad mimic of an owl. You've done, you're going to do this? or well, You're going to do it, too. I don't even know what an owl sounds like. Like, Oh, okay. Barn owls. They do who cooks for you. Oh, okay. That's what they always say. Who cooks for you? Hmm? <laughs> That's a good way to remember. Hmm? You can get them real fired up. Owls? Yeah. You can get them real fired up. You got a couple barn owls in the area. And you do that? Yeah. What do you mean fired up? What will they do? They'll start going, and they'll call them right back at you. Oh, really? And then barred owls will do it, too. Barred? Yeah. There's barn owls, and there's barred owls. What's the difference? A lot. Well, I figured. Uh, The barn owls are those, like, whiter ones uh, that, you know, they're common. There's a lot of them, even though we don't see them very often. Yeah. And then your barred owls are kind of bigger, chunkier owls. They have a barred black mm. and gray. Hmm. Uh, they're in Ohio. They're all. They're both in Ohio, but they're just neither of them are common. I've seen more barred owls. Can you? And I've an, seen barn owls. Can you have an owl as a pet here? Uh, I'm not sure if it's legal in Ohio. Hmm. I know some people do. I know a lot of rescues do. Yeah. Uh, owls actually do seem to habituate a little better to captivity. It's a Bigfoot podcast. We're talking about owl habituate or habituation. You know what? I just uh, we do we get on the weirdest tangents. People might. Uh, uh, I don't know about know. legal with that. Uh, they're not fur bearers. Actually, I don't know if there's any. They're not. I don't know if there's any laws about raptors. Hmm. In Ohio, I think you can. I think you can because uh, you can have falcons. Okay, I was just unless curious. they're endangered, and that's 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 a sub rule for any endangered and stuff like that. You know, it's a no no. Yeah. So like, I think. Barn owls would probably be okay, and barred owls both would probably be okay. Just seems like it'd be a cool pet to have. If you have the space. Yeah. All right. All right. I've been Justin. And I've been Jay. And we are Cryptos of the Corn. We'll catch you next week for a special, a special one. Bye, guys.